welcome back. Michelle Sparks with you, illuminating anorexia, eating disorders, self and body issues. Picking up from the last podcast where I was getting you to think about freedom versus bondage and looking at that as on a scale and asking questions about where you might find yourself along that scale in your own journey through an eating disordered experience. What I want to do now is pick up on two other scales that I think are important in terms of thinking about the journey out of the bondage of an eating disorder and into the freedom of recovery. And those two scales are to do with hunger and nurture and rejection and acceptance. So picking up on those points. The other scale I think is worth thinking about is between hunger and deprivation both physical and emotional, and on the right-hand side, nurture, both physical and emotional, the ability to take in nurture, physical and emotional nurture. I wonder where you are on that uh, line, from the left to the right. You know, we're all across this spectrum in some place. So I'm just asking the question, what about self-rejection? and punitive, judgmental uh, self-rejection on the left-hand side and a place of self-acceptance on the right. I wonder where you would be along that line. It's just something to think about. Because if you are in a place of confinement, of restriction, of bondage, I know that you can feel like you can never be free from that place, but I want to tell you that you can be. You can move from bondage to freedom. You can move from self-rejection to self-acceptance. You can move from hunger physically and emotionally to take in what you need physically and emotionally to a place where you can nurture yourself physically and emotionally. And I do believe at the heart of an eating disorder or disordered eating experience is the way we see and feel and think and believe about ourselves in our heart, how we, how we view ourselves, our sense of entitlement, of worth and value, our right to take up space, to express ourselves, to allow others to express themselves, to not feel like we need to pick up the responsibility for another person's life, to feel like we can actually have our own needs and put those forward as as important and valid and um, deserving of attention as anyone else's, which sometimes means we need to be able to stand forward in our needs and say, you know, that's been one of the ongoing struggles for me. One of the harder lessons to learn has been to hold my sense of self in the face of other people's needs and particularly people that I love or have, you know, um, you know, just old patterns of feeling like, wow, it is selfish for me to not do this for this person in this situation. But there are times, and we all have them, when we need to put our own needs first. You know, if you are in a plane and it's going down, one of the um, standard safety procedures is that you apply your oxygen mask 
to yourself before you try and apply it even to your child. That must be so tough for a mother or father to do in that circumstance. But the reality is, unless they take care of that really important, critical need, they will not be able to help anyone else. And so there's so many things to learn, isn't there, on our eating disorder journey. But I guess I'm just thinking a lot about the difference between freedom and bondage, between self-rejection and self-acceptance, between uh, physical uh, and emotional hunger and physical and emotional nurture. And I would say the markers of recovery are that movement towards freedom, that movement towards self-acceptance, that movement towards being able to take in physical and emotional nurture. And I believe the heart of that, the heart of that is knowing that you deserve physical and emotional nurture. You are acceptable and accepted. You need to not just know it in your head, but to experience it. And sometimes the lies, that voice that lies to you, actually impedes your ability to receive the acceptance and the nurture that may in fact be right around you. It's a real part of the bind of an eating disorder that the lies we tend to bow the knee to come to circumscribe our life in ways that stop us from being able to take in the nurture and the acceptance and the love that is around us. So my thoughts for you today, the take home message here is where are you in your journey and what can you be doing right now to move just a little, even to turn your face towards freedom, to turn your face towards self-acceptance as opposed to self-rejection, to turn your face towards enabling yourself to take in physical and emotional nurture. One of the greatest ways I have come to know that, and it, and it certainly wasn't an instantaneous journey, it was a process of the lies that I had believed becoming seen for what they were and becoming debunked. And in the process also, uh, as I let go of the perfection lie, I, was start, I started to be able to take in nurture, the nurture that was around me. I still struggled enormously until I came to a place where I heard a truth that really kind of sat at the bedrock of my recovery. It wasn't the end of my recovery by any means, but it was a really important foundation. And that was to know that I really was, I didn't have to be perfect to be accepted. In fact, in all my frail, flawed humanity, in all my weakness and imperfection, I was completely, completely accepted by God. That was a really big key for me because I believed I was completely unacceptable to God and to everyone else. But when I heard that I was acceptable to God, I was loved by God. I was not rejected. I was not expected to be perfect. Um, and that was for me, it was hearing that Christian gospel message that someone, God himself, had come to take away that enmity that had been at war in my soul and made me feel like I had to be perfect. That's definitely not the heart of the God or the gospel I've come to know. And that was the beginning of real freedom for me. I've talked about that before. And um, 
I know that you can have other experiences and I have too. I've had other experiences. Human acceptance, human care and human kindness. These are all incredibly important ways that we take in nurture. But sometimes that lie deep in our soul makes it hard for us to receive that nurture that is in, in fact around us. And that lie deep in our soul has to be broken. And it's broken with truth. And truth has power to actually separate spirit and soul, joints and marrow, and actually come deep inside us. And that truth is personified. I mean, I know that's a stretch for a lot of people listening to this podcast right now, but that truth does have a name. It, it, it does have a name. It's God. I know people get really bogged up with Jesus and all our religious stereotypes. I did as well, let me tell you. But um, if I just remove the religious stereotypes and I think about Jesus Christ and what he did and what he said when he came and represented God in the flesh on earth, he said he was the truth. And it, so truth isn't just a a concept. It's embodied in a person. And that person, that person that is full of love and light and grace and truth has power to come into our world as we invite that grace and truth and love and light, that Christ, into our hearts and ask that Christ to bring with him. And he is, you know, He's known by the male uh, pronoun, so I'm going to go with that. Uh, he walked on earth as a man. Uh, Jesus spoke to God as a father. You know, I know people have trouble with that because of their own experience and, you know, experience of fathers and, you know, different things. But, hey, you got to start somewhere. So I'm going to start here. And I do accept the biblical revelation. And uh, you may not, and I, I respect that. But um, I have found when I ask that Christ into my life and I reconnect, you know, even when I get busy and, you know, about my own daily life, if I reconnect to that source, the source, the personal source of truth and love and light and grace, it really helps me to recenter, to recenter to come back into a place of health and security and nurture and self-valuing. It's very easy for me, having had the anorectic past that I have had, to find myself out beyond the borders and, you know, that thinking too much, overthinking things, and I'm more in my head than in my heart. But what helps me to get back into my heart is to reconnect with that truth, that source of truth and love and light and life. And that is a relational space. It's not a head space. It's a relational space. And um, that Christ, you know, I'm just thinking about this guy that used to uh, self-harm. He cut himself up and he, you know, he really cut himself with rocks and stones and he'd cry out and he'd wander around in a in a cemetery, in a graveyard, and he was really in a bad way. He would have had a very classifiable mental health problem. He was an outcast. He was socially isolated. He was self-harming. He was not in his right mind, the Bible says. But um, Jesus came across his path, and this guy just simply 
really he bowed his knees at Jesus' feet and and Christ dealt with that uh, power that had wrapped itself around his mind, that lie, that lack of peace, that lack of um, self-acceptance. And that guy, it says, was returned to his right mind. And he, you know, he clothed himself. He'd been naked and cutting himself up amongst the gravestones. But he was able to return to the community. He was clothed. He was in a sound mind. I mean, he had a huge transformation. And I know that that Christ is still alive and well and available to all of us. He lives inside us. We wouldn't be alive apart from him. But we can live really disconnected from him. Or we can mindfully connect. And it's not a religious thing. It's a it's like a reality thing as far as I understand and have experienced. So I just want to put that out there. I know I put out a lot of stuff and I talk in circles sometimes. But you know, ah, oh, when I think of the bondage that I knew in that place of anorexia, I just know that it's, it's just such a life-consuming problem. And it does consume life. It literally does, even if it doesn't physically take one's life, which I pray, my listener, it does not, that you get the help that you need to recover your life. But it does rob you of time and so much joy and peace and health. But the good news is that there is a way to recover, to move from bondage to freedom. And you can get help, and I would I would strongly encourage you do get help if you are in that place. That you have a, a people that you are getting help from, a team of professionals, if you are in that anorectic space. But a lot of people are struggling in a place of bondage that is not quite in that extreme anorexia, but you are still limited, you are still experiencing a lack of freedom. And different people have different means to access help. And there is a lot of help online these days, which is fantastic. And I do this podcast and I've got some YouTube channels and um, a YouTube channel, sorry, and I'll put up some videos there. And, you know, you will find, I pray that you find the help you need, but I do want to offer you the best I've got. And um, so I'm going to come back and continue to pick up the thoughts about freedom and wholeness and some of the elements of moving towards a place of greater freedom and greater self-acceptance, and greater physical and emotional nurture, when your experience has been the opposite of that. So coming back, love your feedback and questions. Please rate and review the show so others can find it. And until next time, travel well. Mm-hmm.